Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Good morning, church, and greetings in Jesus' precious, precious name. What a wonderful time of worship that was in the presence of God, just enjoying God's presence, experiencing His love, and being able to just worship Him, just to lift up the name of Jesus in a powerful way. This morning, I just sensed my heart, the Holy Spirit, urging my heart to share from a specific verse. And over the next few weeks, I believe God wants us to learn from this particular scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, we're looking at verse 1 and 2. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. These days, I've been sensing in my heart that God wants to impress upon our lives, upon the church, upon every one of us individually, that is upon you and upon me. God wants to impress upon our lives that God wants us to experience the love of God and to walk in the love of God. We can only walk in what we experience. We can only walk in what we have known. If you experience fear, you will walk in fear. If you experience pain, you will walk in, in hurting others. But if you experience love, you and I will be able to walk in that love that comes from God. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 has some very powerful truths that is written in there. Ephesians chapter 1. Chapter 5 and verse 1 says like this, Therefore, be imitators of God. God is calling us and telling us, people of God, can you imitate me? Can you do what you see me do? Can you do what you see in me? We can never imitate somebody unless we specifically see that person. I've seen a lot of people who are good at imitating others. And they are able to imitate others because they have observed They've keenly looked at. They have a gift in them to be able to absorb what they see and to reproduce what they have seen in a very powerful way. So when, when Paul is writing to the scripture, in the scriptures in Ephesians 5.1, he's saying, therefore, be imitators of God. People of God, be imitators of God. Why? As beloved children. There is something about children especially when the children love their parents very, very much. There is something about children. You know, I heard a man of God said one day like this. He said, you have children and then you have uh, beloved children. When God from heaven spoke, looking at Jesus, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There are children that are beloved to God. And God is calling us beloved children because you are beloved, because you are precious, because you are so loved, because you are so important to God, because you are beloved, God is saying, can you imitate me? Beloved children have something on their heart. They have a desire to, 
to replicate what they see in their parents. You see, they begin to speak like their parents. They begin to think like what is valuable to the parents. They begin to respond to what is valuable to the parents. Beloved children reflect their parents. So when Paul is writing to Ephesians and telling them, because you are beloved children, this is my desire for you, that you will imitate God. You will imitate what you see in God. What is it that the apostle is saying, I want you to imitate? I want you to walk in love. I want you to walk in love. How should you walk in love? Just as Christ also loved you. What kind of walk should this be? What would this look like? Just like Christ loved you and loved me. In the same way. That's how we're supposed to walk. And he gave himself up. An offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. You see, this love, how do we love one another? How do we walk in love? Just like Christ walked. That manner of love. Just like he walked. And what did that do to him? It made him give himself up. This love of God made Jesus give himself up. You know, when many times when people think about love, they have all kinds of feelings or different kinds of things, thoughts about love. But when Jesus loved, He gave up. Most of us, when we say I love it, we think about what can I get from somebody. I love somebody, so I must get something from them. But when Jesus began to love, He moved on to a level of loving where it wasn't about getting, it was about giving. He gave Himself up. And an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Jesus walking in love. When God of heaven looked at that, God would look down and say, mm, now that is a sacrifice of worship. Jesus loving us and giving himself, his life for us, made God say, that's my beloved son. And his love, his walking in love, is a fragrant sacrifice. Many times we, you know, we, we come into the presence of God and we worship Him. There's beautiful music and beautiful singing and all of that. And I know this morning too, you've had a wonderful time plugging into the presence of God and singing and worshiping Him. Indeed, that may have been a fragrant aroma to God. But what the Word of God says is really a great fragrant aroma. More than our ministry, more than our serving, more than our singing, more than our, all of that. What is greater, the Word of God is saying... When you and I, when we walk in the love of God, just like Jesus, when we love just like Jesus loved, God says, that is truly a fragrant aroma to God. Many times in my life, I've had people come up to me and tell me, Pastor, you know what, I, I, don't, I can't do all of that because I'm not God. I can't forgive just like that. I'm not God. I'm human. And so I can't do everything like God. People of God, I want you to know, even though we are not God, the Bible says, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. Which means even though we are not God, the word of God commands us to imitate what we see in Jesus. You know, we will only imitate who we are looking at. And therefore, when I say, I'm not God, therefore I cannot behave like that. I cannot do that because I'm not God. What we are really saying is that I am not spending time looking at keenly 
observing keenly what would Jesus do. When Jesus was being crucified, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. When Jesus was, you know, walking through the crowd, somebody touched him. Power of God flowed through him. He sensed somebody. He sensed the need of a widow and uh, when the child died. He sensed Jesus was about loving other people. When Jesus was about others, God is telling us, now I want you to imitate the life that you live. It cannot be just about you or me ourselves. The life that we live now, God is saying, can this life be about other people? Can it be imitators? That is why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitation of God has been the desire for God, for every child of God to walk as God walks. So what does God want us to imitate? When you look in the Word of God, you find there are many things in the Word of God that God may want us to imitate. First John 2, 6 says, And the one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same way as he walked. When we as children of God say, I am abiding in Christ. I am living in Christ. I am, you know, I live. I love Jesus. I am walking with Jesus. If I am saying that I abide in Jesus, the Bible says, then we... That this, the mark of us abiding in Jesus is us walking like Jesus walked. Living like Jesus lived. Doing what Jesus would do. What are some of the things we see in the Word of God that Jesus did? That the Word of God reminds us in His example, do what He did. Just like Him. Imitate Him. Be, walk in His example. What does the Word of God say? Some of the things the Word of God says is, First uh, Peter 2.21 says, Suffer like He suffered. For you've been called for this purpose that you just suffer. Uh, like Jesus suffered, which means there's a heart that is willing to suffer because Jesus suffered because he loved. Another thing Jesus did that the Bible says we must also, uh, you know, imitate. Matthew's Gospel 11:29 says, Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy, for I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. He's asking us, can you be gentle like I'm gentle? God began to imitate, uh, model some things for us. And he's saying, I want to know that, you know, some of the things that you should follow in my example is that if you suffer for doing wrong, oh, it's okay, just be, it, learn endurance like Christ did. Then he goes on to say, be gentle like Christ is gentle. In many cultures, being rough and rude and tough and angry is the sign of a man. But in the culture of heaven, in Bible culture and in the culture of this household, this family of God, here in World Impact Community Church, it is time God wants us to rebuild culture. God is saying, I want to know whether you can learn to walk like Jesus walked in the culture of gentleness. Jesus was humble. He said, you know, even though he was God, he humbled himself. Which means he was up there, but he humbled himself and took upon himself the form of a man. What was the model Jesus wants us to follow after? He's asking, can you forgive like Jesus forgave? Forgive as Christ forgave. We all know that verse. The word goes on to remind us. He says, if anyone wants to be great in my king kingdom, he must be the servant of all. Jesus reminds us that if you want to walk like Jesus walked, to imitate, you have to serve like Jesus served. He goes on to say, First Peter 1.16 says, Be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Imitating God's holiness. 
God calls us to imitate his selfless life. How God is saying that he was not living a selfish life, but he wants us to deny ourselves, take up the cross and follow. God wants us to imitate him in obedience. God is asking, can you imitate me in a life of obedience? That we and you and I obey God in all things. That we imitate him in a fearless life. Even though he went through much trouble and tribulation. That did not determine whether he obeyed God or not. In the midst of tribulation, he became joyful in the Holy Spirit. And God's word says, imitate that which you saw in Christ. Jesus did not love money. Nor did he bow his knees before people that had a lot of money. He loved God. And he's saying, imitate this life that is not in love of money. Don't make money your God. Imitate the life that says, I have come to do the will of my Father. But when you put all of these things together, could all of this and so much more be packaged into one word? If it were to be packaged into one word, most importantly, all of this put together, God would say, imitate this one thing about God, that God is love. When the Word of God begins to try to express who God is, when the Word of God tries to explain God's nature, the Word of God went on to say that God is love. John's Gospel, chapter 15, and verse 12 says like this, This is my commandment, that you love one another, just like I have loved you. God begins to call on our heart, on your heart and my heart today. And He's saying, I want to give you a new commandment. What is this new commandment? That you love one another just like I have loved you. You see, this new commandment He's saying. You see, what was God saying? He was, there were so many commandments that the Jewish Pharisees and the scribes and the law, you know, the givers of the law, they had put down. That The people of Israel were burdened. In fact, there were about 633 commandments and, and a few others which, which the people were supposed to express their love to God. When Jesus came, He came saying, I want to condense all of this together. I want to take the 633 and everything else that you can possibly conceive. And I want to put it together. And people of God, I want to give it into your hands. And I want to tell you today, if the, it had to be packaged into one, it would be this, this one. Walk in love. Love God and love man. God was saying, if you had to focus on one thing, in your entire Christian life, now that you've come to Jesus, if there was one thing that God wants you and me to focus on, one thing, if you had to forget everything else, and you know that God would be pleased with just one thing, what would that one thing be? What would the one thing that your, your heart's pursuit must be after? What must be the one thing that wakes you up and tells you, this is the centrality of my faith? What is the one thing that God wants you and me to remember? That before we go to bed, we search our hearts, and ask ourselves this one question. If there were one such question, it would be, did I walk today in the love of God? Did I love people? Did I express God's love to people? Was I a source of God's love to people? Was I a conduit of God's love to people? Did people hear harsh words from me? Did people see me as a, as a kind person, a gentle person? 
Or did they see me as a private person, as a selfish person who wants to, who really doesn't want to pour my life out for others, but wants to live my life for myself? You see, there was one scripture that when I read, it really opened my eyes to this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians and chapter 13, and verse 1 onwards, we see a very, very powerful scripture here. It says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. What is the word of God saying? The word of God saying is, if I speak in the tongues of men, and of angel, which means I'm a tongue talker. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I have the gift of tongues. And I can speak in tongues. I can interpret tongues. I can operate in all those spiritual gifts. And I cannot just do that. I can speak in the tongues of angels. If there be such thing as angelic tongues. If I can speak in the tongues of men and the tongues of angels, which is on another level. Just, you see, even as a tongue But there's one problem. I don't have love. Then I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Just noise. The tongues I'm speaking, the gifts I'm operating, is it just noise, the Bible is saying, if I don't have love for people. Wow. Imagine I have these amazing gifts from God. The gifts of the Spirit of God. Charismatic gifts. You know, around the world, in the spiritual world, people are just celebrating, oh wow, what a great prophet he is, what a great mighty teacher he is, all of that. And the Bible is saying, you may be all of that. You can score yourself. Powerful tongue talker. 100. But when you go on, and then the next gift it goes on to say, it says, verse 2, if I have the gift of prophecy, and I know all mysteries, which means you're such a mighty man and woman of God, who knows all mysteries? God reveals everything to you. You know all mysteries. And the Bible says, it says and all knowledge, which means you may be a Bible teacher. Who knows how to interpret the scriptures? You know the Greek, you know the Hebrew, you have the ability to put it all together. You have the ability to lay it out. So when people listen to you or me teaching, they say, wow, what a wonderful teacher he is. And he says, I have all faith to move mountains, which means, wow, you have great faith. Maybe you're this evangelist or this miracle worker that has all great faith, amazing faith, tremendous kind of faith. And the Bible says, even if you have all that faith, that you can move mountains. But it goes on to say, but you do not have love. The Bible says, I am nothing. The Bible puts all of this together and says, if you have all this together, all that I said till now was all miracle work and faith and prophecy and gifts and charismatic gifts, all of that together. God says, sum total of everything. If you don't have that, you are nothing. Then he goes on in verse 3. Now, if I give my possessions to feed the poor, some people, you know, they like to, they like to give away everything. And they're happy and they feel, because I'm giving, you know what, people will, will, be, will know that I'm a man of God. And the Bible is saying, if I give everything away to the poor, if I surrender my body to be burnt, but I do not have love, it profits me nothing. You know, many times we like to be noticed we like to be noticed that, that we love people and that we give unto people and all that. Uh, once I, I, I know of a celebrity in a specific, in a particular church. One day the celebrity, I mean he's a wealthy person. And he was going to put a big offering, a check of, you know, lakhs of rupees into the offering bag. But before putting it, you know, 
our heart is so wicked we sometimes we want our leaders to know that we are putting that money in we we want our pastors to know i'm putting this money into that bag and it's so important because i feel good about it that i'm giving to the lord's work so he went up to his pastor it was a big check and he went up to his pastor and he said pastor i just want to give this offering uh, to the church so the pastor said oh this offering is for the lord right he said yeah he said the pastor looked at him knowing you know what the situation was. he looked at him and he said why don't you put that check in the offering bag you see many times we like to we want others to know that we are giving we want others to ensure because we feel in our heart that we are giving i am giving i am i am sacrificing this big check that which i can enjoy i'm sacrificing so that others you know that i can give to the lord that everyone else must know what a great person i am how wonderful i am because i'm sacrificing this much and the lord is looking from 1 Corinthians 13 and he's saying if you give everything you have to the poor and if you surrender your body to be burned which means even if you're a martyr for Jesus Christ some people say I want to martyr I want to be a martyr for Jesus. even if you are a martyr for Jesus Christ if you and I are not able to love people that we don't like if you and I are not able to relate to people we find difficult if you and I don't want to associate with people that need to see the love of Jesus the bible says the sum total of it is nothing when you and i get to heaven i believe there's going to be an account of our life and when we look at the account of our life it'll be written like this it'll be saying he prophesied 100 points he did miracles 100 points he healed the sick mighty healings happened in his ministry 100 points he prophesied he was a great prophet 100 points then he goes on to you under your account he gave away everything he had to the poor 100 points he allowed he gave his body to be burned 100 points and it's like your marks card 100 and 100 in everything 100 and 100 topper in the school topper in the college topper in medical school topper in everything but finally even though we are all of that and the last line it comes but he did not know how to love other people it's all of these points together into zero equals zero god is saying if you have everything to boast about about your christian life that you're this great giver and this great bible teacher and this great miracle worker and this great wonderful woman of god and this good wife or good husband or good father or good child all of these things that you say you are but you don't know how to love people the bible says you and i if we don't know how to love people the sum total of everything we amount to nothing just imagine if our account in heaven would say empty nothing and you might be wondering why lord what do you mean nothing we we get to heaven and we are surprised lord did we not prophesy in your name Did we not heal the sick in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? Did we not give to the church in your name? Did we not, you know, go out and preach the gospel in your name? And the account says empty. Zero. We say why? Because the word of God says for he who does not know to love does not know God. for he who does not know to love does not know god the bible says when the bible tries to express god 
It does so by saying, if it were to put all of God together, what would God be expressed as? Father God would be called like this, for God is love. God is not evangelism. God is not miracles. God is not healing. God is not prophecy. All those are the result of who God is. The result of who God is. And if we were to say who God is, God is love. So when I am pursuing God, for many of us, we are pursuing a path to heaven. But we are not pursuing a path to heaven according to God's word. Because when we are pursuing God, we are pursuing love. And what we are going after, we will become like. When we pursue God, we are pursuing love because God is love. And when we are pursuing love, we will become like love. First John 4.16 says, And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love. God is saying, if you and I abide, we stay, we stay there, we rest there. We live there. We are focused there. That we, our entire day, our entire night, our entire devotion, our entire passions are focused on one thing. That we would abide in love. The one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. How do I know? Now by this verse, how do I know? That I am abiding in God and God is abiding in me. And the only mark the word of God gives is that I begin to reflect the love that God is pouring into my heart and your heart. Love is the expression of God through us. And when people see us angry, selfish, living for ourselves. When people see us preaching the gospel but gossiping, slandering. Lying, living, you know, hypocritical lives without integrity and all of that. They would know that we have known about God, but we have not known Him. It's a different thing to know about God, to know about the scriptures, to know about the word of God. And it's quite a different thing to know Him. God is pulling on our hearts today. Starting today into the next few weeks. I really want to come and minister. I want to remind everyone. God is pulling on our hearts. If we don't abide in love, we don't abide in God. And we have not known God. God would say, you are not able to love your neighbor. You are not able to love that person who offends you. You are not able to walk in peace with that person. You don't know me and I don't know you. This is the one yardstick God said, I don't know you. I don't know you. If you know, because if you don't know love, I don't know you because God is love. Jesus goes on to say, a new commandment I want to give you. John 13, 34, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. It's a new commandment. I want to put all those 633. I want to put every perceivable commandment together. And I want to condense it into one. And I want to say this, love God and love man. A new commandment. The Bible calls it the royal commandment. So, if I want to walk in this royal commandment, loving God and loving man, this is abiding in God. This is knowing God. That we can go out and love God and love other people. For this, I really want to think about this question. What really is love then? 
if I really want to, if I want to walk in love, I need to know what is love. And so, I must know what love is not. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Many years ago, I heard a song like this. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. When you love somebody, of course, it starts with feelings. For most of us, if not all of us, it starts with feelings. I'll talk about that another time. But love is not a feeling. It is an act of your will. We don't feel like loving. We love because we see Jesus. We don't wake up in the morning saying, Oh, I feel I'm full of love. No, we walk in love because we are walking with Jesus. Hallelujah. We walk in love because we're walking with Jesus. We speak love because we're speaking to Jesus. We are thinking God's love because we are thinking like Jesus. Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 5, For God has poured His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Why do I love or why can you and I love people? Not because we are love, we have love. Because now God who is love is pouring His love. There are days you feel, I cannot handle that man anymore. Oh, I cannot talk to that person. I want to stay away. I want to ignore that person. I want to make sure I have nothing to do with that person. I don't want to be in ministry because I don't like that pastor. I don't want to serve here because I don't like my wife. I don't like my husband. I don't want to do anything for them because I don't like them. And I want you to know, the moment you're saying that, the Bible says according to 1 John 4.16, for you do not know God. And you don't abide in love. And God is saying, only then when you begin to abide in love. Because love is not a feeling. You don't feel like going out. Jesus did not feel like going on the cross and dying. It was a choice. For we know if what love is not, then we will want to look at what love is. How do I know what love is? And I want to tell you a few things of what love is. Firstly, love is God's nature. We saw in 1 John 4.16, for God is love. What is love? Love is God's nature. Love is not a feeling. Love is the character of God. Love is the behavior of God. Love is the nature of God. And you and I know that we have not been walking in that character, in that behavior, in that nature. The day we began, we met with Jesus, that day we just encountered true love. That day we just encountered. So God's nature is love. What else is love? Love, according to Galatians 5.22, is love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means this fruit, fruit just doesn't come like that. It has to be grown. It has to be cultivated. It has to be tended. It has to be protected. You know, good fruit is taken care of. The fruit of the Spirit, firstly, is love. Which means love is something God is pouring in our heart. God is asking us, can you cultivate this? Can you focus on this? But Lord, I'm getting irritated with my husband, my wife. Yes, God is saying, that's why I'm asking you, can you grow this fruit? Lord, I, I don't like that leader. I don't like that pastor. I don't like that, that person, that, that youth pastor. I don't like that, that Sunday school teacher. I don't like that leader. I don't like the senior pastor. God is saying, very good. Now abide in my love. But Lord, they don't love me. They don't come after me. Yeah? Now God is saying, they don't come after you. Well then, here's your opportunity. Abide in my love. And if you abide in my love, you will go after them, says the Lord. 
The Bible says there was a man who had a hundred sheep and one was lost. He loved his sheep. He went after. Many times in my life, the Lord has spoken to my heart. and He's saying, I want you to go after people that don't like you. And I said, God, that's hard work. God's not calling us for a simple life. God's calling us for a God life, to reflect His life. Years ago, I heard about this story. That this, when I learned about the sun, moon, and this, you know, all of that, I saw the sun was a source of love, of light. And the moon has, its rock is a special kind of rock that it reflects the light of the sun. And the earth, you know, receives that light. What a wonderful relationship. God is like the sun and he's reflecting his, he's sending his light out. He's the source. And God is asking you and me, can you be like the moon that will reflect this love that you're receiving from the sun, from God? Many times the moon could, can think, I'm reflecting this light away to the earth so that people can have light in the night time. And what does the earth give the moon back? The earth doesn't give anything back. Many people's lives are like the black holes. Black holes just absorb everything in. I want everything. I need everything. I want everything for myself. And, and, but God is asking, can you stop being a black hole? Can you stop being wondering I, that I will give love to others only if he gives me love back or she gives me love back? I will only love those who love me. I will only be kind to those who kind me, kind to me. I will, I will hurt the people that hurt me. He deserves to be hurt. I want you to know, the word says, you're not abiding in God. Any child of God who wants to offend back or stay away, not associate, not be in fellowship with people because they don't like them, they're offended by them. God is saying, you're not abiding in God. You're abiding in your own wisdom. God is saying, because love is God's nature. Love is a fruit of the Spirit to be cultivated. Love is maturity that you walk in. Love is maturity that you walk in. That's why Ephesians 4, 12, 13 says that we grow to maturity, to the fullness of the stature of the manhood of Christ. When we walk in love, it's Christ-likeness. That's the nature of God. It's a reflection. What is love? It's a reflection of our revelation of God. When we are unable to love people, it's because we are not able, we don't have a revelation that this is what is most important to God. Remember the story about the Good Samaritan? Once there was a man who was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And on the way, he was beaten down by robbers. And the Bible says, and then the Pharisees came and they looked at him and they walked away. The Levite came and he looked at him and walked away. And then a Samaritan came. A Samaritan in his right mind, a Jew would not touch a Samaritan with a six-foot pole. Why should? You see, a Jew would not touch a Samaritan with a six-foot pole, would stay away from a Samaritan. He hated the Samaritan so much that if a Jew would have to go to a city across Samaria, he would go around Samaria. Which means that's the technology that many of us are using. Behavioral patterns. Avoidance. I will not talk to somebody whom I don't like. I will not associate with somebody or I will avoid somebody because that person is not responding back to me is what we're saying. And the Bible says that the Jew was beaten down. The Samaritan was coming that way. And the Samaritan looked at him and was moved with compassion. Took him. Poured in the oil and the wine. Put him on his own donkey. Took him to the inn keeper and said, innkeeper, I want you to take care of him. I'm going to pay for his expense, but I'm coming back for him. And I want you to know, that was a Samaritan. He should have been responding back in anger. But because God is love, 
the Samaritan was demonstrating, anybody who encounters love can only know one thing, that is to love. Anyone who encounters love is the only person who knows how to love. God, that reflection of our revelation of Jesus. Love is a result of our abiding in Christ. It's a result of our dwelling there. Love is a result of not receiving from people. Love is a result of where you're dwelling. When you dwell in self-pity, you will show victim mentality to others. When you and I dwell in anger, we will become angry people. Many of us were thinking, I will shout at that person. I'll be aggressive with this person. I will blame this person. I'll accuse her. What we are dwelling in, we will begin to reflect. And that is why the road of maturity in love is when we begin to dwell, we go into the presence of God and say, God, oh, what a beautiful love that you have for me. Lord, I want to love others as you have loved me. I want to be kind to someone like you've been kind to me. I want to be merciful to somebody as you've been merciful to me. For love is a result of our abiding in Christ. So, what would it really look like if I were to walk in love? You know, most of us know this. There are five words that I often talk about Greek words for love. Three in the Bible, which is eros, philio, and agape. And two other words, nomos and stoji. In the Greek, eros is a selfish love, which means self-centered love. I love you because you're beneficial to me. That's a self-centered love. And most of us love one another in eros. So we're beneficial to one another, and so we love one another. The second kind of love that we have is philio. Philio is like is a word called like, I like you. Which means I like people and I will relate to people only those whom I like. I'll only talk to people I like. I don't like him, I don't like her, and therefore I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to relate to them. So that is called filio. A third word is called stoji. Stoji is a love within the family. Parents and children, children, brothers, sisters, all of us, we all love one another. That's familial love. And that's called stoji. A fourth word is called nomos. Nomos in the Greek means uh, law, the law. But there's a shade of the word nomos, which means I love you because of a common law. I love you because you and I, we're from the same church. Praise the Lord, brother. We're from the same church. Wow. Oh, we're from the same culture, same community, same nation, same state. We're from the same city. Wow. That's wonderful. Many of us love one another because we have common backgrounds, same language we speak or same b background. Now, that is called nomos. But God says... There's a fifth word, and that word is called agape. Agape is the unconditional love of God. It's the love that we see in God. For God is agape. And God is saying, I know that so far you have loved selfishly. You've loved preferentially. You loved those whom you like. You loved because you're part of that family. But now I'm asking, can you love unconditionally? For Eros loves selfishly, Philio loves preferentially because you like them, Storgi loves because you're part of the family, Nomos loves because there's something in common between all of you. But God is saying, can you love the unlovable? Can you love the one that's bothering you? Can you love the one that's hurting you? Can you love the one that you've been angry with? Can you love the one that's been ignoring you? Can you love the one that's not been kind to you? Can you love the one that accused you? Can you love the one that blames you? 
Can you love the one that has been been kind to you? Can you love the one that is, uh, you know, that has not been uh, not been able to love you back? Can you love such a one? And the Bible says, God is agape. God is agape. God wants us. God wants us today to make that shift. God wants us to make that eros to agape shift. God wants us to move from that selfishness to that selfless life. God wants you today to see Him and to abide in Him. For the one who sees Him becomes like Him. The one we look at, we become like. We can only imitate the one that we are looking at constantly. And God is saying, would you imitate me? Would you walk in love? Would you, would you make that shift from eros, from a selfish love to a selfless love? Would you make that shift from a filio, from a preferential love to a love with no preferences? Where you send me, I will go. Who you ask me to walk with, I will walk with. When you send me to forgive, ask me to forgive somebody, I will forgive. When you ask me to reach out and, and, and not because of, but in spite of. Lord, I want to do that. I want to go beyond stodgy love. To love beyond my family, beyond my children. Many of us are very private people. I love my family, my children, my home, my wife, my, just me. God is saying, I want you to love beyond that. I want you to go into a love that's beyond. I want you to go into a love that's beyond you. God's saying, can you go into love that's beyond you? That's beyond your dreams, beyond your, 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 your small dreams and your small hopes. God's saying, I want you to go beyond normal, loving people that, that are just because of people that are like you. People that are from the same background. God is saying, can you go beyond that? Can you go into this place where God says, I want you to go beyond that. And I want you to come to a place where you say, God is love. God is saying, can you go to a place where you see anyone you see, the ones that are mean to you, the ones that are hurting you, ones that are angry with you, ones that are isolating you, ones that are ignoring you. You will look at them and you will say, God is love. That God is love. That he who abides in God abides in love. Would you go beyond and say, Father, Lord, it's not in me, Lord God, to walk in that kind of love. And God would say, just look at me. And all you will see is love. Everything else will just fade away. It will all become shadows in the light of God. God wants us to make that shift today. God wants you and me to be transformed from that self, selfish love. From where everything is in my control. God wants us to move into that love that now is giving God control. God is moving you from that place where you see everybody's faults to a place where all you see is God. All you see is Him. All you see is Jesus. God wants us from the moment we come to Christ. God wants us to behold Him daily. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, For we all behold Him as in a mirror. And we are being transformed into His image. Into His image from one degree of glory. We are transformed from our description of what John must be or what you must be. From our description of whom we must be. 
that I'm a private person, I'm a shy person, I'm, a, I'm an angry person, I'm an irritable person, I'm, a, I'm all a, God says, if you will behold me, you will see much less about others. And you will start loving others like I have loved you. Father, we want to thank you today. Change my heart, O oh God. Fill me with your love. Today we are asking you, Lord, the more we see God is love, the more we realize how little we abide in God because we don't see God. But if we see God, all we will see is love for other people. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son for wicked sinners who hated Him. That whosoever believes in Him, we shall not perish. But we will have the life of God, the love of God. And Father, today we submit our lives and saying, we want to abide in Your love. We welcome we welcome you, Lord, into our lives that we might abide in your love. Such love healed my brokenness. Such love takes away my selfishness. Such love that makes me like Jesus. So we give our lives into your hands. When others see us, let them see love. Let us have no other address. Let us have no other reflection. Let us have no other thing in our life except the fact that we reflect the love of God even to the worst offenders and the most selfish people they will see through our lives that God is love. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.